Hey, this is for all of our property manager friends of the podcast. Are you looking to add more properties this year? If so, you got to check out Venturi. These guys are at the forefront of what they do. You should see them at conferences, pack presentations, their booths are slammed, and Brooke, their founder, is a huge fan and supporter of the pod. Venturi has built the first and only software and services platform designed specifically to help property managers recruit homeowners and add new inventory to their rental programs. John, these guys are awesome. They can help you pull lists of vacation rental homeowners in your area and then even market to them across multiple channels from landing pages to chatbots and so many more booking tools. Venturi is here to help you collect leads. Their state-of-the-art CRM with marketing automation can help you easily track those leads and efficiently communicate with them across your entire team. The system can even automatically follow up with your leads instantly. Knowing that your leads are getting contacted right away is an awesome feature. The best part is if you sign up now, you can get a free homeowner marketing list and a free owner landing page. On top of that is 60 day money back guarantee. Venturi makes it completely risk-free to try it out. They will even send you a $50 Amazon gift card just for taking a demo. To learn more, go to Venturi.com forward slash no BS. That's V-I-N-T-O-R-Y.com forward slash no BS. Or just mention that you heard about them on the No BS short-term rental podcast. Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah. This is like a super impromptu, uh, yeah. and we're really glad that, that you joined us. Absolutely. It's uh, No BS, Short-Term Rental Podcast, episode, total episode 49, but it's it's uh, season two, episode 19. Okay. Uh, appreciate you coming and doing this thing with us. Normally, we start these off with like, good morning, and uh, like, how's it going? How's it going, Mateo? Yeah. Fantastic, John. <laughs> but, I mean, con- but it's conference day, too. So <laughs> Yeah, it is conference day, too. Um, so, yeah, tear up. We're VRMA in it. Yeah, it's absolutely. Here in, uh, where the hell are we? We're in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been a long Shout day. out, you know, Chicago Hilton. Send us up historic this, building. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about that for a second? So we should, every time I get in the elevator, I learn something new about this building. Is it haunted? I did not know, did yeah. not know that, but like this building was like designed and built by like the Supreme Court Justice Stephen Stevens like father, and then like every president like his state, the Queen stayed here. Yeah, because there's a helicopter pad, I think somewhere. There's a five thousand square foot suite at the top of this building that's probably gay, Great get, Gatsby. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to get know. a tour, but I'm trying to get a tour before we go. But like all kind of movies were filmed here, The Fugitive, like Road to Perdition, Tom Hanks, like all these old school movies. I have no idea. I also give them, you're not in. Oh, you're not. Well, yeah. I give the hotel staff a lot of credit. <laughs> They're like, "Have you signed up for Hilton Honors?" I'm like, "You realize this is like the vacation rental that's conference." That's and he, I was like, "It's gonna be a tough audience." And he's like, "We're tougher." And I was like, "Okay, sir." And, and real you talk, I, he was, I was like, like, "He's I'm, like, I'll give you fifty thousand points right now." I was like, "You know what, man? I'll help you out because clearly I'm staying in a Hilton." Yeah, exactly. I haven't right. stayed in a Hilton in a long time. Yeah. No, I uh, yeah, we're staying next door. <laughs> yeah, I'm also staying next door. <laughs> but shout out to Hilton and <laughs> next doors. <laughs> so uh, 
how's, how's the show been? Well, first of all, why don't you go ahead and give a good introduction? You I, I can introduce myself. So <laughs> I'm we Brand do this. We do, do this forever. It's fine. I'm I'm easy going. So I'm Brandy Canale. I'm the COO of Sex Six Days. Uh, we are headquartered in Miami, but we have uh, properties all throughout South Florida and New Orleans. Um, and I'm enjoying the show so far. I'm here solo, um, so unsupervised. Uh, which, we know this. We know. Excuse me. <laughs> I have been on my best behavior. Yes, you have. Yes, she has. Yes, she yes. has. Andreas, I have been on my best behavior. So 100% behavior. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been fun so far. I, it's great to see people in person. I've met a lot of people in the last couple of days that I have met repeatedly on Zoom. Yeah, and it's right. really great to be like, you're a physical person. That's great. Yeah, you're real. Like, yeah. You're real. Yeah. And that's what's super nice about these conferences, you know, and the COVID just closed it down forever. And I know we, you know, whenever we talk about it and it's, I'm, I'm sick of talking about COVID, mm -hmm. but at the same time, to be able to get out of, and, and to meet people and, and, and feel normal again and knock on wood that it, it stays that way. I know there's some spikes coming up here and there in different areas, but hopefully yeah. we're good. And <laughs> yeah. we can just like, to, you know, ride this out and not have to go back into that bullshit. I mean, truly it was... It was, I'm ready. And you know, I, yeah, it I mean, was, we're so over it. And absolutely. It's also, I mean, in the beginning, I think everyone in this industry was like, are we going to have an industry at the end yeah, of this? Right. Um, and I think we've just been incredibly resilient as an industry. And now it's all, it's all coming back. So yes, positive thoughts. <laughs> let's, let's talk about, uh, talk about you. Like we want to know your story. We want to, sure. you know, let's hear, you know, how did you get into this? You know, like we, <laughs> everyone knows our story. We, we <laughs> met in Gatlinburg. Yeah. Gatlinburg. Yeah. It's an often conversation on like how we, I feel like about. I have to go. I, I just, I've never, I, I do. Yeah. Amy, I think you need to take VRHV back to Vision Forge and Gatlinburg. Are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Are they close? Are those places close to each other? They're, yeah, they're right next to each other. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, it's a as far as vacation destinations go and, and bang for your buck in, in like in beds yeah and I've heard it's a drivable destination yeah. to yeah. like the greatest population like it's people drive from like the midwest yeah i was surprised when i looked at the data and the demographics that they yeah. do out there like the people that go to gatlinburg you think because it's in this little enclave in the smoky mountains that like oh it's only like Carolina, georgia yeah no, you got people that are coming from Indiana and well, that's I had my aunt and uncle said they were going there, and I was like, I just heard that just a couple of years ago at one of my first like industry conferences, and I was like, why am I hearing about this place yeah. so much? And it is wild, like no, it is. It's like Myrtle Beach in the middle <laughs> of the mountains. Uh, been to Myrtle Beach my entire. <laughs> I grew up in uh, Rochester, New York, mm -hmm. and basically our entire like Western New York like migrates to either the Outer Banks or yeah. oh, Myrtle yeah. Beach for spring break. Yeah. What an interesting place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, imagine it being in the mountains. Yeah. Same stores, like you know, the same chasky shops, like the same. It's, a whole bunch of Margaritavilles. Um, uh, yeah, but, but moonshine, more moonshine. More moonshine. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, honestly, more fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. It, it's it's interesting. If you're not from there and you haven't been, I, I highly encourage at least yeah. once. Yeah. Um, it's, it does uh, have an alpine village with a yeah. nice It does. Interesting. It's, it's, they yeah, got, well, I, ski slope. Yeah. I was just in uh, Nashville. We did a company offsite there, and that was the first time I've been to Nashville. Um, Love that is a riot. We were there. It's low season, middle of the week, packed. It was crazy. Yeah. My, my favorite place in Nashville to go listen to music is uh, I think it's Robert's Boot Shop um, or Robertson's Boot Shop. It's right like right at the beginning of Honky Tonk Row, mm. and they sell boots during the day. 
and, and then it, it turned, it, it's, it I love it. that. We yeah. have our whole team, there was like 10 or 11 of us and we just walked into like one of those incredibly tacky tourist shops and we all bought hats oh, yeah. and walked out with them. I have some great, great pictures from that evening. <laughs> <laughs> so Angadi told me Nashville is the bachelorette like, mm. party capital of the world. And Absolutely. Uh, and Didn't followed know. followed closely in. by Miami and New Orleans. My bad. That's like our, mm -hmm. you know, I I call it like the woo markets. Like whenever you hear the woo girls, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like that they're everywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, they come to spend some serious money. So I'm so, about it. Well, tell us. I, yeah. So, like, so yeah, my my this? journey. I feel like everybody has kind of this like similar story where they're like I had no like I this wasn't planned and then I just ended up here forever. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So. Um, Andreas is married to my cousin and so at the time they were dating and I was graduating from grad school and grad school just kind of ended very quickly and I hadn't lined up job mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and oops. I, oops. <laughs> um, but um, I had studied international management. I really wanted to work for Airbnb. I did my thesis on Airbnb and that was my goal. So when Andreas um, needed you know he was starting the company it was just him at the time so i thought perfect i'll go like live in miami for a year that doesn't sound terrible and there's worse things you there's could do, worse right. things i could be doing right. um and like help andreas like you know get this started and then i would have my real job and then i never left and so for the first you know couple years it was really hustling it was like a couple of us we grew from like three to five to like just around ten but like really you know working out of his dining room table um all of that kind of stuff working out of storage units and originally we started with uh single family homes in miami and uh you know over time that just becomes it's not a sustainable right. and especially in miami just like not it's a, it's a totally different yeah. market yeah and also you have if you have let's say 30 homes like that's basically a hundred room hotel that's spread out over miami you have traffic you have people getting you know right. trying to get people around it's just logistically kind of yeah, yeah absolutely that's, that's so um we started off um with these smaller like boutique uh buildings 10 15 units and realized that that's really that's the goal right to have right. these kind of the full building residences that we've pivoted to now. So we still have some legacy property that we have in Miami, um, but we're definitely, you know, that's kind of a thing of the past. Um, so yeah, it's been a really incredible journey. Like before COVID, we had 60 units and now we have 500. So it's- <laughs> It's a little bit of growth. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was a real, it's like, I, it was a real baptism by fire, yeah, you know? Right. And, but I think that's like the best, there was just no choice but to do, like to figure it out as you go along. When you all started, were you were you working on a, a lease model similar to those that went under? Yeah. Um, and so how did you go ahead and, and navigate that where, where others failed miserably and, and no, like, who yeah. would have known, right? Sure. Like it was, you know, but but you obviously came out on, on top. Yeah. And, and, and on top of that, like, like you're scaling it like this yeah. amazingly. Thank you. Yeah. So really some of it comes down to timing. Uh, we got um, one of our rounds of our seed funding, what came in in January of 2020. So like that was a coincidence that that right. happened. Um, but also I think what our model has been to grow responsibly and actually make sure that we have a profitable business like we are profitable now which i don't think many other people in our space can say so like if we don't have funding if all of that was cut off like our business could sustain itself right and so i think that is key so when i mean 
you never want to see businesses fail, especially like it was just a domino yeah. effect. But I felt, I felt so bad, really. Like, yeah, these are, these are friends of ours. These are like, absolutely. Like, and I know you, you know, we're all connected. And I was like, yeah. Oh and you're God. just watching it and you know that if they were hanging on, you're like, it's just a matter. It was like a matter of time. Right. Um, but I mean, and on the other side of that it is how we were able to grow so quickly because we had this cash injection and we there's you know all of a sudden a lot of inventory on yeah, the market imagine and, that. and, and um, probably had pretty fair you know favorable you know yeah. rates just because they, they need to get someone to go ahead exactly so i mean um i give a ton of credit to andreas he mm -hmm. is like the master negotiator mm -hmm. and so uh we were able to get um we went to the new orleans market we um took three buildings there they're originally stay alfred and it was actually funny i packed up my car as if i was moving there i had my cat my like let say dutch oven like the whole thing was coming with me and, <laughs> and just drove and i was like i don't know if i'm going to be here for like a month or a year uh ended up being six months or just under six months total okay. um and it was a real you know all of a sudden we had this whole inventory i was doing all of the back end onboarding and at the same time we also started onboarding two buildings in miami and they were huge a former stay alfred building in mm -hmm. brindle and a former saunder building in miami beach and so all of a sudden like legit we were just learning by force basically <laughs> and um but it was a great experience because it just like there was no other option but to figure it out right you, know? you, you had to there's no failing yeah um yeah it's just how are we going to make this happen? Yep, exactly. And so um, luckily, Miami really carried us through COVID. Great market. People were coming down. People were still traveling. Well, I mean, yeah. there. Yeah. You, you only had that there were no rules. Yeah, I mean, there, I, I think it was one month. And then because I remember spring break and everyone's still going to Miami. They're basically like, fuck it. Yeah. Literally. Atlanta and Miami were wide open. Yeah. And yes. well, also the thing is people, once people realized they could start working from home, that also changed a lot. Like we got a ton of people. This is where we realized that the midterm stays, that's like a real sweet spot that people weren't catering to. And so and we so, also so what, just just for our audience, sure. what do you go ahead and classify as a midterm stay? Sure, I would say anything over thirty days. So thirty days or more. Um, if you if someone was staying for a couple weeks, I would maybe say that as well. But I think a month or longer. Okay, so and, more of a like a corporate housing esque uh, yeah kind of that style kind of thing. Stay, but, but what I realized is it's not. I think corporate housing. Uh, invokes the image of like your consultant that's you know coming right, down right, for no. three months yeah. and so we've realized it's like you know what people are getting divorced people are moving mm -hmm. people are renovating their homes there's all these reasons why people need to stay somewhere for just a little while yeah. and um in new orleans we also have a pretty substantial amount of that business mm -hmm. um and now that new orleans is fully open and the conventions are coming back one of our buildings is literally across from the convention center so nice Thank God, that's a great location. <laughs> um, and so there's all these kind of like, there's obviously your traditional travel leisure sector, right. but there's a whole other host of reasons why people are traveling and it's great to be able to cater to that. Right, so it's interesting, You your model, like we were talking about the arbitrage model, because there's two things that I've noticed, the two markets that you, in, you are in, and I'm speaking to Miami and New Orleans, are two markets that were really had issues with short-term rentals and regulations, yeah. right? 
And on top of that, just the whole arbitrage model. Yeah. It seems like those are two equations that you guys found great solutions for and were able to scale in other yeah. in, in ways that other businesses just were not. They just either didn't get out of the arbitrage in time and weren't able to negotiate. But how did you guys have the foresight to do that? And yeah, so I think that, that first it's the negotiating, if you're going to do a master lease, um, option, it's negotiating a reasonable rent. Like if you're, if your rent, if you cannot make enough money to cover your rent, which is, that was the case in a lot of scenarios, right. like you are just setting yourself up to fail. So it's making sure getting Andreas out there to negotiate, uh, favorable rents, if that's the way we're going to do it. Yeah. And then also being creative, uh, you know, all of our, um, you know, agreements are kind of tailored to the building, tailored to the owner. Mm -hmm. And so we do have like a mix of, you know, um, like management agreements and master lease agreements. So it depends on, you know, each individual situation. And um, so there's some, like we have some buildings in Miami where the margins are fantastic. And so, but, you know, there would be other buildings where that would not be as great of an idea. So it really, it, you have to kind of like customize it to the situation that you're in. And then also, um, and I don't know if this will, win me any friends or not, but we get hotel permits for our buildings. Yeah. And that just helps, you know, with everything. And, you know, like in New Orleans, for example, they had this huge cyber attack on city hall. So there's still a building that we're working, like trying to work through all the permits for. And it's just like, it's, it's just taking them a yeah. while. They were really right. set back. And then you have the hurricanes and um, I've learned that city government isn't always the most efficient. Yeah. So it's really trying to get hotel permits when we can, because that just makes things easier. Um, and then if we have to get SDR permits, you know, I used to do all of our permitting, <laughs> which was a nightmare. <laughs> um, and now uh, we have, you know, a team dedicated to right. doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's really, it's being, like really analyzing the whole situation to see like, okay, what type of market are we in? What type of, you know, landlord, what, what's our partner like? So what does that whole agreement look like? And then, you know, what does the city look like in terms of taxes and regulations? And, um, you know, nor these areas are really sensitive. I mean, New Orleans, you've just seen a lot of people go into neighborhoods like Treme and, I mean, I've stayed at a, it was a, you know, short-term rental in Treme and it was beautiful, like absolutely stunningly redone, but there is active, animosity in those neighborhoods against these short-term rentals so yeah. um you know i think the guys rent responsibly they're doing a great job of trying to advocate yeah. but they can't be everywhere at once so um yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah. yeah. They're making it although sometimes it seems like they're everywhere yeah. at once. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it it's like it's you have to, I under, I definitely understand why these communities are upset. In Miami, it's a lot more, there's just a massive hotel lobby, um, yeah, you know? Right, so, so, you, so you, have, you don't have the deep, as deep of pockets by any means to no. go ahead and fight against these hotels. Yeah, lobby. and you know, we've tried in my, in the Miami-Dade County, there's all these tiny municipalities. Yeah. And so they all have their own, like their own code, their own permitting procedures or lack thereof. And so we went by the rules in um, one neighbor in Miami Shores mm -hmm. and they were just absolutely not about it and basically forced us to make a decision. It was like, it was, that wasn't worth the fight to keep right. the property. So that's why, you know, our model of full building residences is really 
the way we're going to continue forward, unless we find a shiny penthouse, which we love. So, right. Well, <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with a shiny yeah. penthouse, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, I think the midterm states help with that too, right? Because mm -hmm. it just, it, it takes you out of that conversation, right, for most regulatory issues. Yeah. But I think that's. And that's why I think we're having a blend that's trying to make sure that. Um, you know, if for whatever reason there is a steep drop off in travel, which I hope there isn't, that we have something that can sustain right. the business. Yeah. yeah. So, with the attitudes of the owners that you guys are dealing with, you know, you say Andreas is awesome at what he does, mm -hmm. and I don't want to simplify that. Like, I'm sure he is. Yeah. That's a hell of a challenge to change their attitudes. Yeah. Especially if we're talking about red sharing buildings, right, and getting them to yeah. to actually, you know, get away from what they're traditionally used to. Yeah, I see. I know we work with I work with a couple of companies that with at ease that, that kind of do this space, but you know, friends in the industry mm -hmm. and talking through what they're going through mm -hmm. and getting them to conceptually understand what we do yeah. in the space and how it can benefit them. That is no easy task. It's I, no easy task, and then I think it changes when they start to see the numbers come in, right. and then we're like, should this be a mass release? Um, right. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I mean. Absolutely. The, I, we're fortunate. Um, a lot of our landlord partners have worked with previous operators. So that was a, you know, that was the initial hurdle being like, look, I know that this just happened to you. We're not them. We're not them. We're doing and, this a little bit differently. You know, we, yeah. we, this isn't our first rodeo. We've been down the, you know, this, this yeah. is our proven model. Absolutely. Uh, here's some, here's some testimonials from, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, now we can say like we you know obviously they see all of our financials we're like this right. is like here you can look under the hood this is what's going on um and you know and then they see what's been happening afterwards and i think i'd say they're pretty happy about it and we also we take really good care of the buildings too that i think has become a really interesting part of our business like years ago when I would be at these conferences and there's like entire sections dedicated to like how to negotiate with your owner or dealing with your yeah. owners. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to deal with that. And now I'm like, Oh, now I have to deal with that. Except it's an owner of a huge building, which right, is a little right. bit a little different, bit different yeah. but you say like, look, like we go through all of our, any review that is less than five stars and we dissect it and pull out all the information that we need to like address. Right. And so we can go to an owner and be like, look, people are complaining about the floors like they are really old they look dirty even though they're clean we have to replace them here's what it's going to cost we'll do it you can reimburse us over you know a year whatever yeah. it is we'll and it we'll break it down and when we show like it's these a lot of these landlords really care about their property right. so we say like look like you want this to be going well you want this property to be its best we want it to be its best like let's make it happen right and, and ultimately the roi coming mm -hmm. out of that is going to behoove them to go ahead and make those changes soon because if yeah. you you know if, if you are at a at a four star mm -hmm. you bring that up to that five star you can demand more for that room absolutely i mean so it it comes comes back it around. does and so you know i also understand from their perspective like going through covid like nothing is certain and i understand that fear that all like you know the cash machine might get turned off at any right. point so it is about making sure like let's not do this during march when we're just printing money right. we can do it during summer and we can do it strategically so you, you print money in march oh yeah absolutely uh, march is not in miami in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i mean like q1 for us is delicious right. it's great um both markets we just had our first like real mardi gras in new orleans wow incredible i mean and it's um so it's great i mean 
I always joke that we need to diversify our natural disasters because mm -hmm. we're in hurricane markets only. I'm like, let's throw in some wildfires or something. Come out to the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Get some earthquakes in your yeah, life. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Actually, we talked about, mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about Pigeon Forge earlier. Yeah. You know, you can go right into Sevier County. There there was one point so we have um a huge we have 90 employees in the philippines mm -hmm. and there was one point where there's like a typhoon hitting the philippines and a hurricane hitting new orleans and miami and i was like oh my gosh oh, and uh yeah so those i mean obviously i'm joking about it but there's very real problems that come with that right. um and but also that means like our summer months are usually slower like mm -hmm. august is tough um which is traditionally right. when everyone is making their money you know in other parts of the country yeah for sure but it's it's a slower month for for the the vendor side and for sure yeah because most are making and we can't go ahead and, and dive in there i have a question yeah. for you sure you went from 50 or 60 to 500 in a very short period of time yes <laughs> um obviously you're you know you're talking about scaling responsibly i use the word always use the word scaling appropriately mm -hmm. um same thing you are you know where are you going next like, yeah so great question um i obviously you know growing 800 percent in the next year probably not going to happen which i you know i don't hate um but uh yes definitely expanding to other markets uh we're probably going to double in size within mm -hmm. the next couple of months um so that feels a bit better you know our no no here, heard it here first yeah you know i <laughs> i was we yeah i mean i so i would say all the usual suspects leisure okay. markets with high abr so mm -hmm. nashville austin spanner charleston you know yeah. the woo markets <laughs> i did not hear atlanta yeah like how many oh, bachelorette parties do you see in atlanta oh, actually you know what? i'll take that back it. i've never been to i'm sorry in psa for atlanta really quick <laughs> 20 colleges and universities Wow. Every major sporting event outside of hockey, mm -hmm. including college football, basketball, and their national regional events, largest passenger airport in the world. And yeah. Okay. So yeah, well, anyways, well, well, no, I'm pass, not getting paid. I'll pass, to talk about I'll pass Atlanta, that so. tidbit on to our head of yeah. real estate partnerships. Yeah. We'll no, anyway, so that's <laughs> so that's well, amazing. I just want you guys in there. <laughs> so you, you're obviously doing like these amazing things and you're scaling. My question for you, and I, I, I like asking this question, but my what what have you sucked at? Oh, oh, like, okay. Yeah. Like absolutely. Where, where are your failures and, and how, and what did you learn from? For them? sure. Okay. So I, I love that question because it's, it's very easy to gloat about the good things, but so we have, um, our like tech team. I, hello. Hi, that's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, there's other, we have, I have other, uh, team members that help obviously, and, you know, do different things like the physical technology, but we didn't spend money on hiring that talent for a while um and uh that's definitely a deficiency for sure and we've definitely we are remedying that we have remedied that but when we did this huge like this massive growth part of that is now that we've slowed down a little bit it's going back and being like, okay are all of our processes in place like do right. we have are we do we have a sustainable and stable foundation so that we can do this again mm -hmm. um and so yeah absolutely there's things that like our tech team needs help if anyone's listening to this and you need a job <laughs> please send me a message on linkedin um but that's you know very real because it was easy to kind of to get where we are with just the knowledge that we had before but if we're going to take the next leap we really have to make sure that our internal systems are yeah. running smoothly you got to build that foundation mm -hmm. now i mean yeah you, you need to build it two years ago but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but also that's part of the thing that i have loved about 
you know, the journey that our company has been on is there are very few parts of this business that I haven't been in. And so because I was forced to learn how to do things, like I know all about distribution right. and um, it was so funny. I would give Andreas a hard time because when he had to like let go of certain departments that he was like, you know, liked to run. And I was like, yeah, you yeah. just have to not do like let somebody else do the job. And then I had to give up distribution. And I was like, oh no, I was like, it's my baby. <laughs> That's hard. It's hard. It's, it's a really hard thing, yeah. but it's, it's a sign of, of good leadership uh, when you're scaling and you could actually, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the whole point, every time we do a hire and every time anyone does hire, you want to hire someone that's smarter than you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and which is even hard to do. Like it's hard yeah. to go ahead and be like, Hey, I know this cat's sharper than me, mm -hmm. but, but we need them on our team. Yeah. And, um, but that's, that's how, that's how good companies grow. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's also the, the uh, flip side of that, which has been one of the harder things is realizing that not everybody grows with you. Mm. And there have been some, you know, when we started out, like it makes me like very sad that those people, some of those people can't make the whole journey with you, you know, right. but that's a, re that's reality. There's some, that sometimes it yeah. doesn't happen. Right. And so that's also been uh, a lesson in leadership, I think, and running a company is like the, that there's some realities that come along with the growth. Let's talk about your philanthropy as a company mm. and, and some of the things that, that you and as a company, you and Andreas have, have, have really stepped up during some of these, you know, not, you know, these, these issues that have happened. And yeah. It's like absolutely amazing. Like how did that, how did this stuff that you're doing in providing housing and I think it was two separate times. Yeah. Like if I'm remember. No, that's day. correct. Yeah. So the Surfside collapse happened yeah. and we were um, about to onboard. So Sunny Isles is a neighborhood that's like just north of there. And this is Miami. For this is in Miami. Yes. Miami. Yeah. And so we hadn't moved in yet, um, but that happened. And in 48 hours, our team onboarded the entire building and uh we're able to, it was it was our i i'm just so proud of our team like when we asked them to like step up and you know work their ass off yeah. they really come through in a big way and the you know there's absolutely like that tragedy is so unimaginable that if we could provide like it was also an agreement with our landlord like we're doing this all for free yeah. like we had to swap out like some refrigerators. We had to, we stocked it full of food. So I didn't have to think about anything. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it might like, it, it's nothing compared to what those people were going right. through. So, sure. um, and, you know, and then from that, we, you know, there's certain people that we met in Miami. I mean, it had, it was great for us to get involved in the community in that way, because sometimes it is difficult when you are just grinding to do some of that, extra stuff, you know, right. the, the philanthropy side. And so, um, and that was Andreas's idea mm -hmm. and the team totally stepped up and for that. And the other side was, um, the other, um, housing was hurricane Ida. So, um, that was, I think more like nerve wracking for me because our team was there yeah. and, um, you know, directly impacted by that. And so, um, after the storm passed the next day, um, our head of operations, Tiffany and I, um, we packed up my car and a van full of supplies and just drove straight to new Orleans. I've now done that drive six times. I never want to do it again. <laughs> like I'm over it. Florida is a big state. And it just keeps go. going. It is so boring. Like that. I 10, <laughs> oh my God. Like it will literally never end. Um, yeah. so that for me, like we, we got there and our team, 
was we were turning all of the units for for us and then one of our landlords has another couple buildings that he manages on his own so we turned almost 500 units i think it was in wow. the span of a week and a half without electricity um and our team there also just stepped it up it was incredible yeah. and luckily in the city center we just didn't have power like there wasn't a lot of damage in like right. the central business district so that was a huge blessing and um you know we had at the time we had a single family home in the city it was like a whole town home so that was like our base camp i cooked dinner for everyone every night like we had everyone's families like we just tried to make sure that everybody was taken care of and so the first group we had in was salvation army and then cox communications and amazon so they took everything um and it ended up i mean that was yeah it saved it saved september for us really right. um but it just showed you know we wanted to make sure our employees knew that we weren't just going to like leave them hanging we anyone that stayed and worked we paid them i think double their hourly rate and then gave everyone a huge bonus based on the number of hours that they worked because i mean it was hot it was yeah. it was new orleans in the end of august yeah. no electricity it's you had sweltering humidity. sweltering you it's had, like living in a sauna like it, for people for, that have it's, it's, yeah it is i mean it's literally yeah, a swamp and is. so and they had to carry we had to carry everything upstairs and really like the team really came together and that's another you know i think i mean we saw other hotels in the city like everyone leaves which right. i totally understand but the fact that our team were like look well you can stay we'll all stay on property we'll have people in different groups in the buildings so no one was alone and we'll make sure that you're fed it will make you take you know taken care of and so i think that that shows that shows our team that we're you know serious about taking care of them too. i think yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I, I think that the interesting thing with all these things, when when these things are done genuinely, mm -hmm. like you know, and you know, there there there's philanthropy that is yeah. is like is curated. For sure, it's it's, it's a PR fake. machine. Yeah, absolutely, and and you see it all the time. And whatever it it is, what it is, it's still some good things are being done. But sure. that's that's not the intention. Yeah. Um, and and you know, some whatever good things are done. But when when you're going at it from a a real place you know with with heart mm -hmm. and you know that's your mission it comes back like tenfold absolutely i mean and we, we see it all the time and and kudos to to you and andres and the, the whole team like thank you it was freaking awesome yeah. like it would like from afar seeing seeing those two times you know even just like you know i knew these stories mm -hmm. but then talking about it now it's awesome yeah it makes me feel really proud i mean there's so many things that have happened in our company history that make me proud to be a part of this team but it's moments like that where i'm like wow we're really like we're putting our money where our mouth like we're really right. following through on what we're saying you know and um yeah it's been it's been great and you know hopefully we just don't have any hurricanes this yeah. year <laughs> that'd be ideal well, you knew we were leading up to this. Let's talk about this 30 under 30. <laughs> I was away. You know, you know, we were going to embarrass you. Yeah. So, well, at least try to. Not yeah. That, in, yeah. In, in a good way. Yeah. But. So, yeah, um, we made um, Iskander, our head of finance and one of the co-founders, we made uh, 30 under 30 this year. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to give you your flowers. Right here. Yeah, <laughs> Thank awesome. you. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's a huge honor. And yeah. I just did. I was like, yeah, we'll submit it. And like, you know, yeah. whatever. And then we got it. And I, we, I was at the Women's Summit 
and I was literally like half dressed and I just opened my email and it just derailed my entire morning. And I realized like two hours later, I'm like, I'm still not dressed. Like, <laughs> like I've not finished this process. Um, and it's great because it also has given me an opportunity to shed light on our industry because it's right. like, you know, it brings attention to what we're doing. And so I think that's, it's been great for that. Um, you know, and it also, when I, you know, when I started at this company, I got a lot of flack, um, whether it was said to my face or indirectly, uh, for, you know, essentially getting three degrees and then working out of someone's kitchen table for a company that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so in a way, like I have to say it was some validation yeah. that I made the right yeah. choices along the way. Yeah. So, you know, it felt good. I'll be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Your, your leadership should be acknowledged, right? Mm -hmm. In this space, one of the things, you know, John and I are, are fierce advocates for DBI. Mm -hmm. And as someone who's newer to this industry, mm -hmm. one of the things that I noticed immediately within this space was the amount of women leaders, mm -hmm. owners, yeah, you know, in, in prominent positions that you just don't see in other industries. Yeah. Like, that make impact, that drive decisions that aren't just, you know, not just mm -hmm. in management, but are really building cultures and driving organizations. Yeah. And you look at what a difference that makes. I, I remember, you know, I was in your your session at BRMA in San Antonio and was completely blown away just by how you were talking about the things that you did. And it was such a level of I don't, I, maturity is probably the not, not the right word, but it, it was, I when you identify it, because to me, leadership, Burp, right yeah it's what you say it's what you do yeah absolutely. and knowing your company and, like, yeah. and, and being in this space like I knew it was authentic mm -hmm. and so I just love that we need and know that we need so much more of that within our industry yeah how, how do you define kind of your leadership style and what what drove you to kind of operate the way that you do because when you talk it sounds so natural yeah but I don't want people to think that it you know people always see the mountaintop they never see the journey on the way up yeah and you know that's where you oftentimes your your styles get defined right like yeah. that's where you get to absolutely you are. and you know i i mean i'm still on that journey you yeah. know i'm still learning every day i mean there's a reality i am younger like one a couple more months under 30 um so. you gave that we weren't putting that out there. <laughs> i, I thought it was your birthday yesterday yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly uh so um but that's you know, it's, I, I think that my, you know, from when I was younger, um, I was a leader. I was like the captain of my field hockey team in high school. There's some natural like leadership roles that I've taken. Um, I always joked, I'm office mom. I'm like the mom of the friend group. Um, and so like that, that kind of comes naturally. And I think I couldn't, I, I haven't had to put a label on my leadership style, but it's definitely leading by example. Yeah, right. And, you know, um, one thing that I'm honestly trying to work on is getting commitment versus compliance. That's something mm. I'll be honest that I struggle with sometimes. It's like, I'm like, this is just what you have. Like we're doing this, you have to do it. Yeah. Um, but I really see the value in getting like legitimate buy-in yeah, for the decisions that, that we're making. Sense. So that's, I mean, 
you know, something that I'm actively trying to be better at. Um, and yeah, just really leading by example. And there's, you know, no rules that apply to someone at a specialist level that don't apply to me. Right. And so that's definitely, and, um, you know, also refining that leadership style. Uh, we're, you know, reading all the books, you know, doing all the things, yeah. um, but also identifying where my strengths are and learning how to play on those. Mm. Um, and so, you know, that's why I'm here solo at the conference. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the social butterfly of the group. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think just learning how to capitalize on your strengths and then learning to build out a team around you that compensates for the things that I might not be so great at. That's good. That's a great, great answer. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, I, I we want we don't want to have this go so long. Yeah. Uh, we know we got to cover. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my like, this God, has been of amazing. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's not our normal setup, but this is yeah. really it's nice to see people in, in, in I person. Love it. Yeah. It's so much nicer. Absolutely. Um, we're probably gonna have to go ahead and up our our our, our mobile mean, stuff. I know? love I love the setup. Yeah. Um, well, you can see where we are. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> um, but yeah. we'll you know as we scale. We'll mm -hmm. also we'll scale with some better equipment. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you guys have microphones. I think yeah, we need to do a redo in Miami. We can oh, definitely. We would oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. love to host you. I like. I uh, first of all, Miami is a great destination, yeah. or New Orleans, either yeah, one. Yeah. I love New Orleans. The food yeah, is yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, but yes, you are. We will hook it up anytime you yeah. come. And you know, I I love doing these kinds of things. It's so fun to do it in person. Yeah. And. I mean, that's what I've, I mean, obviously all the sessions at Burma are great, but I think what I get out of it are things like this, like actually getting to have these conversations. And I've learned a lot in the last couple of days, just from talking to people at the bar, you yeah. know? <laughs> that, well, that's the, that's the, the bar is the new golf course. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, and I prefer that if I had to learn how to golf, oh my God. Oh, I got a story. I almost yeah. killed somebody on the golf course one time. Really? Um, I would love, I will drive the golf cart. I'm really great at the cocktails portion, but I do not have yeah. that like swinging hand eye coordination. Well, thing. Well, yeah, I, I <laughs> you do. can't well, everything. I get, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I do have to... some faults. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>